Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the best Nintendo podcast taking place on this Wednesday night and any Wednesday night that we may be live. Game and talk. Of course, this show is funded by you guys. Of course, we have our patrons who make this possible, and we have our special tier patrons who definitely make it possible. We got Trent A in the producer role. Patrons. Patrons, patrons, patron. Trent A, producer. William Hoag, executive producer. Mr. Joby for three, executive producer. Joshua Butts, a.k.a. The Butt Man, executive producer. John O, executive producer. Achievement, executive producer. And once again, folks, the game orb. The game. L- let me just let me let me be real with you right now. The reason why this show exists is because of the game orb, because if game orb didn't exist, I wouldn't be on here right now. But the game orb is our sponsor once again for the month. He is a content creator. He has a channel on YouTube. He has a channel on Twitch. Check out the link in the description box down below. Go show him some spawn cast love. Because he essentially makes this show possible. And without him, I'd probably have to punch John in the face. He does convention walkthroughs. He does gameplay videos. All that sort of good video gaming content. A huge thank you to the Game Orb and all of our Patreon backers and producers. I am RGT85, joined as always by Josie Woe. Josie, how we doing? Great. All right. And (laughs) Nate, how we doing? Same as Josie. All right. Go off to a... Off to a blinding, blinding fast start. So I was under the impression, because I'm on YouTube a lot looking at stuff. I thought there was a direct today. I saw videos saying (laughs) February 7th, confirmed happening February 7th, happening this week. They're going to talk about Switch 2 this week as well. We're going to get unveiled during this week. And it seemed like Tommy Bear doesn't quite know what he led on to know. but. We still do have some tangible topics for you. Of course, Nate the Hate put out a video today making some interesting claims, which we'll jump into. But first, let's talk about let's talk about the sales stuff. I know it's not the most glamorous thing in the world, but you know, we gotta we gotta have a little bit of sales stuff to talk about. And I mean, you know, there's it, it's pretty crazy. You know, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at 60 million. It's not a pack-in. It's not a Wii Sports pack-in game. Like, it gets packed in occasionally here and there during the holiday season. But this game, it, I, I don't even know what to say about this game. Like, $60 million, what, What's, like, what's the what's the max? What's the max? What's the highest game ever sold? Is it Tetris still? No, I think it's Minecraft. Really? Is it yeah, Minecraft because... or is it Grand Theft Auto V? Oh, I thought it was Minecraft because it's on literally everything. All right, let's look here, people. All right, this website sucks ass. KCRA, you suck ass. Anyways, 60 million. Yeah, it is Minecraft. It is Minecraft. With 300 million copies sold. And then GTA Well, 60 million. What's that at? Uh, 19 million. Okay. Or 19... Yeah. One but, wait. Wait, what? <laughs> it's I can't it's 190 million. There it is. Okay, Sorry. There I, I was having a brain aneurysm. <laughs> but you do have to remember, folks. Um that game came across four platforms, you know. Minecraft's available on a million different platforms. This is uh 60 million for, for essentially one platform. Is batshit crazy, but I mean, you know, there's a reason why they they made all that DLC, um, and I think the proof is in the pudding. But the more interesting debate, of course, Switch hardware sales strong, but you know, not the strongest, still down year over year. But don't say that too loud, or else some people will be mad at you. But the most interesting thing had to be Tears of the Kingdom, because according Indeed. to some people, Nintendo is crying. Um, you know, they're not happy with these sales. Tears of the Kingdom is a smidge <laughs> over 20 million, which when did they say 18 million? That was pretty close to launch-ish, wasn't it? Or am I incorrect on that? Yeah, I think it was like two or so weeks after launch, right? Yeah, it was within that first 
it was within that launch window that you would typically assign a product. So it was quite quick. And it was that they had shipped 18 million. The sell through, I think, was somewhere in the mid 15 million range. And then we had the follow up fiscal report where they came in at what was the figure to then? It wasn't it wasn't much higher. And it really had people kind of wondering, well, what was happening here? And we learned that the game was overshipped going into the holiday. And now we have those updated figures that obviously include holiday sales. And it looked as though Nintendo shipped in the area of just shy of 800,000 copies of Tears of the Kingdom during the holiday quarter or their Q3, bringing total shipments just north of 20 million. I believe it's 20.28. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting that it's actually it's below Super Mario Party, which is really random, but I didn't realize well, I mean, that game sold so so well. I think that game got a bit of a boost when they added in the um the online, online to it as well. I think it was slightly discounted. But obviously, you know, that's one thing that's been heavily debated. And I know people like myself have said, hey, you know what? It's gonna sell like gangbusters, but I don't think it's gonna pass Breath of the Wild. And people were, eh. but you know, if we're if we're judging, if we're judging it by the latest statistics and kind of that that drop off there, like because to to me, Breath of the Wild was that new thing. It was fresh. It was different. It was the first time that Zelda went, you know, in a completely open world. But then you have okay, Blizmo says twenty million in seven months versus Breath of the Wild thirty one million in seven years. Good point. However, however, you have to look at rates of how it was doing. Plus, Nate's about to say it. You also have to consider that the Breath of the Wild sales, it was a game people were picking up as they were buying the Switch over a period of time. Whereas with Tears of the Kingdom, the Zelda base was already established. People who had interest in Tears of the Kingdom were ready to buy the game day one. So naturally, it's going to have a more shallow leg life. And that's what I'm very perplexed by is how people are stunned that the sales are slowly, you know, considerably. And they're not being comparable to that of Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was a system seller. Tears of the Kingdom is not. Tears of the Kingdom is selling to that established base, which is fine, which is exactly what it should be doing, especially this late in a console life cycle. So the debate about whether or not Tears of the Kingdom was ever going to outsell Breath of the Wild, I think is an interesting conversation back in April or March of last year. But they were so many confident that it was going to drive hardware sales, that it was going to outsell Breath of the Wild, when historically we have never seen a Zelda that appears the same generation of hardware outsell its predecessor. And be, it largely can just come down to is there still interest for the game as you get later into a generation life cycle, as we saw with Skyward Sword? A significant drop-off from Twilight Princess, which was a launch game. Breath of the Wild was new, it was innovative, it was exciting. Tears of the Kingdom refined some elements, did introduce a new gimmick. But you also have to consider how many people played Breath of the Wild, realized this is not the Zelda game that I want to play. Those individuals weren't coming back for Tears of the Kingdom. Now, Tears of the Kingdom may have sold to a new audience, but was that going to be enough to offset those who weren't coming back due to the direction Breath of the Wild has taken the franchise? Where it's performing is admirable. This is a very strong performance. Nintendo has to be ecstatic with 20 million sales in less than a year. The idea that anyone can frame it as poor is really confusing to me. And it's not going to catch Breath of the Wild at this point, at least not in the native Switch release. If Nintendo opts to re-release it for the Switch 2 in the future, that is a whole different release. That's a different conversation. But there is no feasible way it's going to catch Breath of the Wild during this current generation. Yeah, and like Jay Arthur said, any company would kill for a 20 million seller. Like Nobody is saying that the game didn't sell well. The The, the question was always was it going to pass breath of the wild? And I always thought, no, if you say that too loud, you know, people get upset about that. It's not indicative of the quality of the game. It's like Nate said, if you weren't a fan of the breath of the wild style, you're not going to buy tears of the kingdom because you've already, you've already played something 
pretty similar to it. And I don't think Tears of the Kingdom necessarily changed enough stuff to where it made it to where it was like, oh, well, I didn't like Breath of the Wild, but I'm going to like this. Like this wasn't a, a, a God of War 3 to God of War PS4, you know, like this was a, a sequel in line with the original game and building upon it. Yeah, and, what and I that's think another. Is, you go ahead. I was just gonna say that I I think a lot of the shock of it is because initially we heard the it's selling so insanely, right? So it's like for me at least, I was just kind of surprised. But I it again, it makes sense, like you guys have been saying. And at this point, if you're gonna get a Nintendo Switch, maybe you're new to the system. I think that the the game you pick up with it isn't Tears of the Kingdom. It's still Breath of the Wild, right? Because like you kind of have to know Breath of the Wild to know to want to play Tears of the Kingdom. So like you guys have been saying, it's just almost a smaller audience. And again, twenty million is insanely, insanely mm-hmm. good. There are a bunch of like videos where people were like, "Oh, Nintendo's disappointed," and I just really think that's insane because there's and, no way. I mean, and like, I would go as far to say that Breath of the Wild is the better game. Yeah, I mean, it established everything, right? So, like, it's it's hard to look at Breath of the Wild or at Tears of the Kingdom independently of Breath of the Wild, at least. And Blizmo says $20 million at $70. You know, another good point. Because sure. you're making more... Yeah, you made more game. money. Yeah. You made more money on this release than you would have made with Breath of the Wild at its $30 million because of that higher price point. And conversely, you could also make the argument that did the higher price point dissuade some potential interested buyers as well or did it lead people to go digital because of nintendo's what's the program called the certificate uh, system the oh, uh, yeah, voucher yeah, yeah. the voucher Vouchers, system yeah. where for a hundred dollars you can get two games so how many people went digital and saved themselves a little bit of money by going that route or did some people just see that price and say you know i'm gonna wait for a sale or i don't have interest in the game overall but the sales are strong any company would kill to have a title sell 20 million copies in less than a year so anyone trying to frame this as a negative is i mean i would say they're just trying to do it to get some engagement and outrage from a viewing audience and pokemon scarlet scarlet and violet games that are very controversial due to their performance is they are now the third highest selling pokemon games of all time behind sword and shield which was really weird yes I feel like I think it's a bizarre one to sell as well as it did. But yeah, I just think that there's not a lot Nintendo could have done, you know, to like, I mean, like actually here, I think that tier or breath of the wild has sold as well as it has as well, because there's been so many price drops and iteration. Like there's just been a lot of exposure to it. So I think that tears, the kingdom still has a good chance to continue to sell upwards of maybe like even 30 million but yeah at this point i don't see it passing breath of the wild but still it's a massive success i think in its current iteration it could get like 25 in its life yeah maybe 30 was a bit high but if they did but a, definitely more yeah i mean it's not gonna it's not gonna flat this isn't metroid dread where it's gonna completely flatline people <laughs> it'll still sell some um but no, I could see like 25 as as kind of the the ceiling for that. And I mean, that's that's a good ceiling to have. Like, oh, it's fantastic. I mean, the other thing I think we also have to take into consideration with Tears of the Kingdom is Nintendo was very transparent early on that we are not getting DLC or any expansion content for the game. And had they had expansion, maybe there would have been further interest in the title as we get into now that evergreen period of the 7, 12 month, 18 month, 24 month from the original release, because that does spark new interest. And some individuals who maybe bought the game at launch, completed it, didn't feel any incentive to return to the game, had sold it. Now, if you announce DLC, an expansion DLC, you might go out to the store and rebuy a brand new copy of the game because you don't want to miss out on the story content or however Nintendo could have expanded upon the lore of Tears of the Kingdom by coming out just a few months after the game had launched and saying, that's the game, you're not getting any more of it, you could have also potentially dissuade individuals from purchasing the game. Again, it's performed very strong. As Sean's saying, it may have a ceiling of 25 million copies. 
And if we are now at an age within the industry that 25 million copies is considered a disappointment, you may as well shut the industry down. I say they should do it anyways, but I'm, I'm also <laughs> a bit of a sadist. But as far as, you know, other games on the list, was there anything that stood out in anyone's mind as kind of surprising beyond just Mario Kart Insanity and um, Tears of the Kingdom? I was kind of surprised by how 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 well uh, Super Mario RPG sold. I felt like that is somewhat of a niche game, but I mean, not super niche, but I didn't realize it was going to. It's almost at four million, right? It's two, three point mm-hmm. eight or something. Yeah. That's kind of insane for an RPG. Uh, so that was that was yes. about it. But it's a Super good game. Mario RPG definitely strong sales. Uh, Pikmin Four continues to perform strong, especially in Japan. What was Pikmin Four? I didn't see that. It is over. Let me get the IR report. I believe it was nearing like five million copies now. Let's go. Yeah, that game is amazing. Is it really? Pikmin outselling Metroid. You Nintendo fans, <laughs> you should hold your head in shame. Shame to let Pikmin outsell Metroid Dread. Mm. All right, well, I guess I that's it boast. for the sales stuff. I mean, on the topic of Metroid games, isn't it a damn shame we have not seen any update on Metroid Prime remastered sales since the original timeline of last february when they gave their fiscal report where it was just north of a million well, yeah that's got to be selling well right no because <laughs> no, those uh, sales those sales fell flat immediately oh. after it released yeah they they update in million increments right like if something gets an extra million you usually get a new a new update on it but yeah they they've never updated it since then which you know that was a low risk high reward situation you know i'm sure they were happy with that initial million and everything else was just kind of gravy but metro metro just doesn't sell where's the switch effect for metroid people prime four <laughs> it's coming prime four is not prime four could could outsell dread i think it will if it has bells and whistles that you would expect in a first person game that features shooting yeah imagine they give it like some like online multiplayer thing that could that could do really well for it i feel yes and i'm not sure that they're going to do that and that's a problem yeah mm. nate yeah, any I mean, insight on four, that one uh nothing that i can share at the moment but i mean what about four, this moment because this is a different moment than the last moment <laughs> nothing in the immediate oh, okay but Prime 4 is going to be an interesting one because Nintendo can really position it in a number of ways. If you position it as just a Switch 1 game, what type of sales potential are you going to see there? Now people say, okay, it means you have to have it on the Switch 2 as well. But there's going to be a significant power gap between the Switch 1 and the Switch 2. So for Retro really to take advantage of that power of the Switch 2, you would almost prefer just a native version of the game. So you see the game with all the bells and whistles, the high-end performance, the visual fidelity, and so on and so forth. It all comes down to where they place that game in terms of launch timing. If it does have some significant Switch 2 enhancements, maybe it could be placed as kind of that secondary launch game of interest. Now, that's assuming it comes out, you know, like in the holiday season. If it comes out before then, you might say Nintendo could potentially kneecap it right there and then. Hopefully, Metroid Prime 4 is a big seller. But as Sean said, realistically, we're probably looking at maybe a 3, 3.5 million seller because Metroid is niche. It is not expanding its market. Japan does not care about it. And there's little reason to think Metroid Prime 4 is going to change that. Do you think that metroid prime 4 sells better if it if it has an online multiplayer component versus just a single player i think it would depend on how engaging that online multiplayer would be because if you take it just as we play metroid as you know we're samus in that view you'd kind of say it's a little stiff right especially for a shooter yeah because when we played a multiplayer metroid game we played it on the ds god damn right we had that free-flowing arm. 30 fucking maps on it, too. Multiple game types. Native voice chat on the Nintendo DS. 
<laughs> game was ahead of its time. It was one of the most bold things Nintendo had ever did. I think Metroid Prime 4 multiplayer just has to be rich in features and the combat and the gunplay, for lack of a better word here, arm play, I don't know what you'd want to call it, cannon play, um, would really have to be just, you're basically competing against Call of Duty at that point. Or you have to create something so unique that you're going to cater to a different audience, that, but you can still hook them with something. But I think you could do it, though, because aren't, yeah. like, the Hunters you know, they're not like dead or mm -hmm. something like haven't they like made cameos and been alluded to and stuff like you have a, a decent enough baseline with those hunters, create a few more hunters to be like the different classes. You know, I don't I don't see you. You said it needs to be like feature rich. I don't I don't, I don't know if it does. Like, I think, mm. you know, just almost like a. Because unlike unlike a lot of first person shooters, you have a strong story in this game. Like Call of Duty story stinks. I no, I don't. I right. played the last one. It took me three hours, you know, and that was me <laughs> taking my time. Seriously, it was ridiculous. Um, you know, I never got really into the Halo stories or anything like that. I'm not necessarily saying that Halo stories are bad because I know there are people that love them, but I never really got invested in those. But I would just like to have an option for multiplayer. And it doesn't have to be super crazy. You, you could just have, you know, a, a bunch of different hunters. You already have a, a decent number of hunters to change their colors or something like that for um, for like a free for all or something. Have like, I don't know, seven or eight different uh, match types, you know, TDM, King of the Hill, free for all, so on and so forth. Um, and then, you know, give me a good smattering of maps, some small, some large, you know, whatever. And I, th I think that would give a lot more incentive to people because people play Splatoon and Splatoon was a huge success. And Splatoon one, when that game launched, there, there was there was nothing to it. There was like four or five maps, handful of right. weapons. But it was so unique. It was something we'd never seen before. Could but this Metroid could be Prime something we've never seen before in a Metroid game. But you see, that's where I, I'll challenge you on that. We've never seen retro really approach online multiplayer or multiplayer in general. We had the multiplayer in Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, which... Local. How many people really played? Nah. I, I checked it out, but I never really got super invested in it. See, that's like, it's not retro's specialty to make a multiplayer. They excel at the lore, the world building... That's what made them so successful with Metroid Prime Trilogy, even with the Donkey Kong games a bit. We don't know if they can do that. Now, if they can, even if it's a horde mode with online, something that we have seen from titles like Gears of War, maybe that could be successful in its own way. If they do multiplayer, I think it has to be unique because they can't compete with the online first-person market, at least not with the gunplay that we see in the Metroid Prime games. Right. But also, we don't have those first-person experiences really on the Switch, so that could be sort of a new market for mm -hmm. them, right? Like, there's a lot of people who have Switches who are probably wanting that kind of stuff, and that kind of first-person experience from Nintendo is pretty intriguing, I feel like, and they could do something like a, maybe like an Overwatch, like, arena shooter team battle thing like that, which could work pretty well like that could work well because you could have the hunters each with their own unique abilities and such samus obviously has hers and if you want to bring in the federation force you know galactic troopers that we had from federation force as some sort of i guess pawn type of class it would at least give the game a little bit of diversity in terms of options for player types maybe something like that could work I would just question whether or not Retro could pull off something that is really engaging. Right. That's the question. I, 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 if that game, if that game launches without any sort of multiplayer, I will personally be disappointed. I'm not saying that, you know, it's going to be bad or anything like that. However, I can say one game that Retro did do that did have online multiplayer and it wasn't bad. What's the game? Mario Kart 7. Mario Kart 7 3DS. They they assisted mm. in developing some 
stages. No, no. I think they, they weren't did. the primary developer. <laughs> they were a part of it. It takes crumbs <laughs> to make a crumb cake. All right. And yeah, but they were one of the crumbs. Who's to but say they can get a crumb from the Splatoon team, though, or something, you know? Have yeah. a little crossover. Oh, ooh, because at that time, Retro was not purchased <laughs> by Nintendo when they were making those Metroid games. True or false? They were purchased during the development of Metroid Prime 1. Really? They purchased oh, no. them while they're developing <laughs> Prime so 1. And that's when they remember, yeah, remember back in the day, they had, they had Raven Blade, they had the Twisted Metal ripoff, they had the football game, and Nintendo came in and said no. Okay. Counterpoint. GameCube <laughs> did not have strong online features. Really, the only system at that time that was Xbox. So two True. games are completely out of, out of the realm. Metroid Prime 3 Corruption mm -hmm. obviously started development around, you know, when probably when they finished Metroid Prime 2. It could have been originally a GameCube game that they then retooled for a Wii version and they put so much emphasis on it. They didn't care about the online. But a lot of time has passed since Metroid Prime 3. The industry has changed. The style of these games have changed. And I feel like that could be a glimmer of hope. It's it's definitely a glimmer. Whether or not it shines, we will find out in due time. Speaking of shining, um, we're at 2.30 watching right now. The other Nintendo podcast says 260. I'm not saying you need to go retweet this and you know share it with your friends, but you know. You can just would, hit the like button. That actually does kind of a lot for the algorithm. I wouldn't be mad if you did. All right. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you, you know, what uh what to do and what not to do. But where where's this direct, Nate? I was told that there's a direct this week should have been happening today. And then we could have been talking about it today. But I'm like, oh, man, look at those games. They're coming out on the Nintendo Switch. That's crazy, bro. Um, but now all of a sudden it's next week. And now I... you're putting out videos talking about said Nintendo Direct, giving information. I mean, I would like to know, where did you hear that a direct would be this week? Um, Shesh Paul. <laughs> there, there's, there's people man there's you know there's people on the youtube sphere twitter sphere websites i saw it on websites too there was a What's ton the... of youtube chatter about it for sure tons of youtube chatter but now it seems like it's oh. this upcoming week and mm -hmm. uh there's a little bit of a little bit of disappointment in some people's tones because of what you said what did you say I said that my expectation for the first Direct of 2024 is that it will be a Partner Direct in February. Mm. Partner Direct. Yuck. Now, to be fair, to be fair, there was one Partner Direct that was the absolute tits. And that, of course, was the one with Monster Hunter Rise. That, mm, was, that one was cool. That one was good. You got Rise, and it was like, you could just fart in a jar for the rest of this presentation and it would still be an a because that game looks great but i feel like since we're at the end of this system's life cycle which we'll talk about that in a moment what's really there to show from your partners that's gonna that's gonna make people excited or or wow people or or do something that you know um that makes people excited for your for your system in 2024. Don't all talk at once, please, for the <laughs> love of God. Like I, I, I can't think. Like there's no, like I, a, a company isn't. Or I shouldn't say isn't. Probably isn't. You know, working on a big Switch exclusive title or something like that. Like, is it so going to? be like ports in the Goemon game, which, you know, if that Goemon game is there, you're automatically, you're at a, a D plus <laughs> C minus area because that game looks fucking awesome, but I refuse to buy it on the Japanese eShop because there's so much, you know, text in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Nate, is this like an, like a, 
like a guess you have, or is this like a educated idea slash leak ish deal? It is informed speculation. Let's go with that. Based off of information that's available to the public, or no? No. Okay. Interesting. Ah, Sting just won the AEW tag team title. Holy shit. Darby out. <laughs> Good. Dang. He also did a balcony jump too. Um Oh yeah, what if what if the partner direct is just all Xbox games? That'd be insane. <laughs> well, okay. So, you know, That'd let's be go down cool. this road. Let's let's go under the assumption this is a partner direct. If they do you know what? I'll just say games that we potentially know about. Deca Police, an update on that, because that was originally a 2023 game, and mm -hmm. now it's 2024. Um, Police, the Goemon game, Hi-Fi Rush, and then some Square Enix RPGs or something like that. Is that sufficient enough? Even though that caters, you know, to... I guess it caters to everyone. Like is that so they, is that good enough? They have this this presentation, which by most Nintendo fans is gonna be disappointing. And then a couple weeks later they get to the Switch 2, or is that, no, is no, no, that... we're not we're not there yet. We're not there. Okay. We're getting okay. We're not I'm there just... yet. Oh, oh Laxis says Penny's yeah. Penny's that big would be... breakaway. That would be there probably. That's that looks like a cool game, but maybe some Sega stuff. I know Nate knows something. Nate, give us the inside scoop so this podcast can go viral. We're Nate, we're two viewers away from beating the other <laughs> podcast. Nate, I swear this would, this would fix all of it, you know? <laughs> Just a Immediately, little morsel. Viral podcast. Monic? So you put, okay, that's another game. You show, you show gameplay of Sonic Generation or Sonic whatever the hell they named that game. Um... But you show some gameplay from that game, you know, because mm -hmm. you, you got the first look with state of play and th then you get like more details about it on there. You do go on. Is the go on game there? Just give me that at least. I have no knowledge of that being there. Mm. Feel what like knowledge do you have of what being there? That I cannot say. A, mor a morsel. A morsel. Uh, a hint, it's two, a cryptic it's 239 to 238 right now with us in the lead by one. You want to make that lead get bigger? I will give a morsel in the Patreon exclusive QA. That's right, boys and girls. You want the exclusivity? You better go to spawncastnetwork.com and sign up for the Patreon because after this show, we will be going live for about a 30 minute or so QA session where you can ask anything, including ask about that morsel. Is the other show giving you that, pal? I don't think so. I don't think so. Josie, is there something you would like to see at this? Um, I it'd be cool to see some sort of exclusive like like we got with Monster Hunter Rise. I don't really know what they could possibly do and what third party would be interested in that at this point with the Switch. Um, I just can't even like. What if they give what if they, they give another IP to Ubisoft and Ubisoft is making like a Star Fox game and that's there? That'd be cool. I'd like that. But what about what what's Capcom doing? Like I feel like Capcom's been pretty damn quiet on the Switch outside of like um Their Ace collections. Attorney stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The collections and Ace Attorney stuff. It just seems like they'd I, be cool. I, I don't really I'm not a big Capcom person though. Like I don't even know what would get me hyped from them. You know what? I'm going to say something crazy. Please. I think I would be more excited for a partner direct than I would a standard Nintendo direct because our next topic is going to talk about why we. Right. Because uh, I guess it, it would be disappointing if you're. Yeah. Yeah. Because really, if, if, if it was a standard Nintendo direct, you're going to see more Peach, more um, Super Mario RPG, and more Luigi's Mansion 2, all of which. Are, could be done on Twitter or, you know, yeah. Hey, here's a new trailer or something like that with a partner direct. 
you know, I think you get a little bit more mystery. You get a bit more intrigue because they could just skip it. They could just be like, eh, you know, we'll, we'll do, we're doing stuff, you know, in the next month or two. Um, so we don't really need to do a presentation. You know, we could do just trailer drops or whatever. And I think people would be happy with that. You know, you know, you don't need a Nintendo Direct. A Nintendo Direct is a means to an end. It's it's to get you information on upcoming games that you should be excited for. So I say all that to say, I think the partner showcase might have a little bit more intrigue than a standard Nintendo Direct would. Do you think that second party developers could be at a partner showcase? Like, say, like, the How Laboratory, like, Kirby team pulls up with a new original IP. Yeah, I think if it's not a Nintendo property, like, like if it's not, like, a Kirby. Well, it wasn't, Cadence of Hyrule was at an indie world, right? Yeah, it was in an indie world. So there's uh, a possibility there. Is this true, Nate? They can't necessarily skip a partner direct because they have made, they may have deals to show games in directs. Now, from what I've been told about Nintendo directs Nintendo will ask the company but they don't say what type of direct it is so you could be in an indie world you could be in a partner showcase this that or the other like the deals are made like obviously the the, the stuff is shot and edited and made into a video but the deals are made a lot closer than I think people would imagine am I am I right on that or at least partially right because I know one part of that is right I mean, Nintendo will usually reach out to partners anywhere from three to five months in advance of a direct to first gauge interest so they can get the assets gathered and everything. And yeah, unless you're an indie developer, you typically aren't aware what type of direct you will be in. I had talked to a, a publishing contact a couple of years back where they thought their game was going to be in a general direct and then it appeared in a partner direct and they had actually become a little bit agitated by that because nobody had tuned in because it was a partner direct because there was a lot of online hype and discussion about it being a general direct. So a lot of people just opted not to tune in. And the company was a little bit frustrated by that because the reason they had agreed is that they were under the belief that they were going to be in a general direct and they kind of felt maybe they could have gained greater social media engagement had they just tweeted it out themselves. But Nintendo doesn't always disclose exactly the form factor that the direct to partners as far as the type of, you know, showcase their title will be show or represented in. So, yeah, that part's true. And it definitely does come down to like contracts and all that type of stuff of you reached out. We gave you the assets. We've agreed to appear in a show so they can't just cancel them or anything at the last minute. It's, hey, we've committed to this. Unless it's, you know, a real world event, a natural catastrophe or something, then we well, could obviously delay it. But wait a second here. Now you're bringing up something interesting. Valentine's Day. No, the king. Remember the Triple there, H? No, the, the, the dude in uh, Britain, England, whatever it's called. They're not going to delay a direct because he has cancer. What if he passes? They didn't delay the direct because the queen died, and they had fire emblem in that, and that game dealt with regicide. <laughs> Look, it's 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 a possibility, is all that I am saying. <laughs> but I guess, um, uh, Josie, do you know how to do any of that? Um, Google Podcast is the same as YouTube Music now. So if that's if you use Google Podcast, go to uh youtube music and then it'll show up with our podcast under there itunes i have no clue because i think john takes care of that but i can talk to him yeah talk to john because he's not gonna do shit on his own um uh, if it's not on there i can start uploading them on there just want to let you guys know we are at 254 to 243 once again for the second week straight we Let's are go. your number one Nintendo podcast with a small spattering of subscribers. So if you're tuning in for the first time, make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel as we go bi-weekly on this channel. There, of course, is the Patreon exclusive after show for as little as $5 a month. You can help support this show and keep the lights on going here. 
because John sure as hell isn't going to do anything. And of course, you get exclusive benefits. You get other shows. There's Q&As for those other shows. Ask MBG questions. Ask him why he's bald. Whatever you want to ask the man. But our final topic. Oh, wait. Can you put Matthew Lonzo on the the screen real quick? He said, yeah, I didn't see the last one on Spotify. So if that's not happening, I will talk to John and I can do all of that tonight, ideally. All right. Um, you heard it here first, it. pal. Um, switch to March event. Another another Nate the Hate exclusive. What are we doing here, Nate? What are we doing? You couldn't you couldn't you couldn't just do one topic on your show and then save one for this one? Like, what's going on with that? What's this event? Is it an unveiling? Is it a trailer? Is it an announcement? What am I getting here, pal? All I can say is what I said on my show is that the Switch 2 appears to be poised and ready for a reveal or an announcement in March. Nintendo will announce Switch 2 in March. Will? So you're putting... So that's a confirmation. That's a confirmation, pal. I mean, everything I'm hearing dating back to Gamescom of last year has indicated something was happening in March that talk has resurfaced in the last few weeks and it is indicating that the switch 2 is set for a reveal or an announcement in march yes there's the game and talk exclusive with the confirmation let's go do you you, yeah make sure you clip it um (laughs) still gotta get monetization on this channel pal um do you think that um it doesn't have to be based on knowledge or anything like that but do you think it's a um it's just a tweet like they've done before, like saying, hey, we're working on a new system code name, poo poo pee pee. Or do you think it's an actual presentation? Because he, I mean, Nate technically is um, 10% African, so you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but I think he's taller than six foot. I think he's six foot three. Um, am I six correct two. on that? Six, six two. two. Yeah, you could, you know, uh, you could I mean, wear, I a little, six three. wear a little platform shoe. It never hurt anyone. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so what cuz uh, cuz to me if this is coming out this year in the fall uh-huh. you know looking at looking cuz Nintendo with the Switch they did a tweet in March reveal in April I mean in August I mean October Jesus Christ let's start over they did a tweet in March 2016 October 2016 they showed the initial trailer March 2017, they launched the system. Mm-hmm. So if it's coming this year, I don't see, you know, that doesn't. <laughs> don't put it on screen, but that's funny. Um, I feel like it has to be more than just a tweet. Right? I mean, that's really the thing is how Nintendo will approach it. Is it going to be kind of what you and I would be used to for an E3 reveal? Remember when they would announce hardware at E3? Yes. And you'd have the trailers in the background. You would have a little look at the system. And then they would slap a release date at the end of that trailer, whenever it would be. Right now, I don't have any like insight as to how they're going to announce and reveal this particular piece of hardware. It could be as simple as just a press release or them coming out and saying, hey, we're releasing the successor to the Nintendo Switch 2 later this year. Stay tuned for additional details later this summer and maybe June, a general direct in June could be the huge unveiling of the system with games and everything. And then you'd have media go to various events so they could get hands-on previews prepped. And then you go into Gamescom and Tokyo Game Show where the public could have their first introduction to the system and then you launch it in the holiday. But it's also dependent on when they would kind of initially launch this hardware. If you launch it in September, then I think you could position March as similar to the October unveiling of the Switch. You have that hype sizzle trailer. If it's launching in November, you could wait till June to give that hype trailer and just give a generic press release type of announcement in March. It really depends when it's going to launch. I'd say anytime between September and November is going to be that launch, that launch window. If I had to choose, I mean, obviously I'd want it to be as soon as possible, 
but I wouldn't really be too surprised if it is November, especially when you weigh the information that came from Bloomberg just a few weeks ago about, I believe it was a 10 million screen order for the fiscal year. Right. So you'd be having 10 million units from November to March. That's not really that many units when you factor in the holiday. Good point. Um, I don't know, though. I don't know if they can just be like, hey, you know, um, we are we're doing a new system, guys and gals. Sorry, we didn't do a direct. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like you, you got to do a trailer because then you got to assume that the June direct is going to talk about the games, right? Absolutely. So I, I think you got to go teaser trailer at the bare minimum. Yeah. I think I so think... too, especially if we're skipping a, a a direct, basically, right? We're getting a partner direct instead of this. So what would people play in the meantime, even on their Switch? Because like there wouldn't be a lot coming out after Princess Peach Showtime, right? We see, and that's um, one of the things that I touch on on the show with with John Linneman as well, is that if the Switch 2 is backwards compatible as John and I expect it will be, you go into that next general direct. You don't have to make any, you know, you don't have to clarify anything. It's all these games can be played on Switch 2. Right. You can have the designation for the Switch 1 games like Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door, Luigi's Mansion, but you can now showcase everything. You don't have to have any designations. It's just, boom, here we go. And it really comes down to how Nintendo wants to approach it. I think March with a trailer would be the proper thing. But at the same time, depending on how far apart the Switch 2 is from the Switch 1 in terms of a concept, a gimmick, you may not necessarily need that trailer because you don't have to sell an idea or a concept now. They had to sell us on the idea of a hybrid system in October of 2016. If this is just a continuation of that, do we really need a trailer? Right, but you think we wait half a year, basically, for, to like June to get any sort of information on the next games or anything like that? Or would there be also a presentation that maybe just doesn't address the Switch too directly? Well, that's the thing is it's not as though they're, you know, bound to June. They want to come out in May and mm -hmm. have a direct where they reveal the switch to with some software they can if they want to go in april they can they can play by their own rules at this point they just have to get to the point of announcing the hardware anything yes, after well. that is up for nintendo's marketing scheme it's gonna be may <laughs> um no i think yeah i think you gotta you gotta do something man because like you said you know, the, the March to October thing was weird to me, but that was just to like appease people because the Wii U wasn't doing shit. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you gotta, you know, and that's kind of what we're seeing from a lot of companies is like a six, seven month turnaround from announce, you know, first unveiling to release. And then, you know, you have your, your June direct to showcase some of the games but you can also show some smaller switch titles that are coming out of course there's the whole backwards compatibility thing kind of up in the air um but you can also confirm that at, at one of these presentations then september is your big pre-launch thing you know you show the lineup of stuff and then you just you roll into the holiday season with you know a high demand that kid that's yelling in the background of Josie's video, she's going to want a Switch 2, probably. I mean, that's going to be the thing. A lot of people are going to want to... And I'm going to bring up one of the topics John and I did discuss, just to get your views on it. John Linneman, by the are way. Kind not, of, not yes, John Linneman John. of Digital Foundry. We're both in a Real John. Nintendo Nintendo's going to ditch the Joy-Con. Oh, thank God. You'll get a singular unit similar to a Steam Deck or a ROG Ally, and then Nintendo will package in a Pro Controller for when you're playing docked. Do you think that would be a good idea for them, or do you think Nintendo retains the Joy-Con? I, 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 I think you got to get rid of those Joy-Cons. 
I don't know. Loves the Joy-Con. I don't love the Joy-Cons, but I see the merit in it. Like I use them on the side all the time. I don't like it, but it's convenient. So I just feel like for younger people, it might be like, that's kind of a well, cool selling point of the switch. Let's say it's still compatible. You could still, like, they could still offer the Joy-Cons as a compatible controller with the Switch 2. It's just that the unit itself would be like a Switch Lite. You can't detach them. Now think about it, because when was the last time Nintendo had the same control scheme from console to console? Never. Never. Well, when they did the, the sort of thing with, with the Wii U, where you could use your Wiimotes, but... Yeah, but that was a monstrosity. But yeah, that wasn't the, but, that wasn't the main it, controller. The main controller was, of course, the gamepad. Right. Like, you can make it so, I don't know, maybe some game, you know, if there's backwards compatibility, you can still use Joy-Cons or something like that. SNES, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> NES to SNES was different. SNES to N64 was wildly different. Um, You know, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be sad to see the Joy-Cons go as I've been through many a pair with stick drift. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think if they come in with that just unified body and then you allow Joy-Cons to be compatible because you can still sell them as accessories. Accessories make a lot of money. And obviously Nintendo wants to sell controllers and such. I think that's a I think that's a good avenue for them to go. And a lot of people have been very vocal in my comments on my video about this topic saying, nope, they have to keep the Joy-Cons. People love the Joy-Cons. For tabletop play and, you know, I guess local multiplayer and such. Yeah, I mean, I won't be sad to see him go. Uh, Evan asks, do you think we could get an overview trailer of Paper Mario and a random announcement of a game or two before the June Direct? I do. Um... I mean, you'll definitely get trailers on stuff like Peach and Paper Mario if this is a partner showcase. Um, a new announcement? Eh, maybe not. Maybe a smaller title, an eShop exclusive or something like that. And our final thing, we've got about eight minutes for it, is our debate. Our legendary debates. And I have posed a question to these fine individuals. Now, what is that question? <laughs> I don't really remember, so I'm going to look it up real quick. I remember the gist of it, but I don't remember how I worded it. Okay. What is a game missing from the Nintendo Switch that you want? Could be a first-party game, a third-party game. The caveat is it has to be a game that's already like released on another platform and has a has a reasonable a reasonableness to it coming to the platform. I will start with myself. And my fellow Americans and wherever you live, I think this answer is clear cut, crystal clear. Because not only do you get one game with my answer, but my friends, you get two games, two masterpieces of games, two games that are already available in HD versions on platforms such as the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Two timeless games that could be enjoyed with multiple replay value, multiple playthroughs. Oh, I know exactly secrets. where you're going. You, you goddamn right. The Shenmue 1 and 2 HD collection. <laughs> I guarantee, Sega, you, you, you listen to me. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you put that out on the Switch, it will outsell the PlayStation 4 version. It'll outsell the Xbox version. Guaranteed guarantee because nobody bought it on those platforms and they should have but nobody did give the streets what we want we want Shenmue no not player essence player essence isn't the other Nintendo podcast um <laughs> Josie speak on it um mine is gonna get laughed at by you guys but I think it has a lot of potential Dogs. we gotta bring it back it was <laughs> It was amazing on the DS. It had sold very, very well. 
It's a franchise that I know a lot of people don't care about, but there are a lot of casual players who do. Nintendo, with the move to Switch 2, they're going to want to start putting these more casual, smaller experiences that maybe don't require as much effort onto the Nintendo Switch, and I think that Nintendogs is the perfect one to do that. Interesting case. Um, Nathaniel? And, wait, sorry. This one, you have all of the dogs. You don't have to get a certain version to have the dog you want. It's all-encompassing. So it's basically like a remaster, a best of Nintendogs on the Switch. Last of the Nintendogs. Nate, what do you got for me? I'm coming with a game no one but myself has played. A gem from another console that released just a couple of years ago. Oh, God, I know what it is. A game that was so profound that it confused the very audience it was meant to cater to. A game with lovely, lovely visuals, art that was just spellbinding, and characters that stuck with you for years. (laughs) Yes, Sean, I am talking about the one, the only, the hidden gem of the current generation. That is Pentiment. Brandon Wells knew it before he even (laughs) said it. Pentiment. A game no one played, but they should have. A game that they will one day look back on and say, wow, I can't believe I missed out on this. A game so good, nobody recognized it for what it was. Josie, run the poll. I'm doing it right now. I know Pentiment won't win, and that just furthers the point. It's too good. For the likes of us. <laughs> I swear to God, if the Nintendo Dogs wins, y'all are crazy. Uh, people in the <laughs> you chat. Said, you said Shenmue one and two, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, J. Arthur, where is Symphony of the Night on the Switch? You have to imagine they're doing another Castlevania collection. And that's going to be, excuse me, one of the classic games that comes over. I mean, that could be something that's at a partner presentation. You know, that's nothing outside of the world. I mean, Limited Run's been on a roll with Konami. Felix and Rocket Knight Adventures, like, you're getting into some deep cuts with that stuff. Like, I I personally bought um, Rocket Knight. Because I didn't get the, I didn't get the Super Collector's Edition, because I was kind of like, eh. I got the middle one. I thought the middle one was, like, the best of both worlds. Um... Wait, Nate, sell me on Pentiment. I'm I'm confused. No. It's on Game Pass. It is. Do you like yeah. point and click adventure murder mystery narratives? Yeah, play Hotel Dusk. That's a fucking no, great it's, game. It's better than Hot- Hotel no, Dusk. No, 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 yes. no. There's no way. Yes. There's no way I, that story is. I, better. as the main character in Pentiment, was able to hook up with a nun. Hotel <laughs> Dusk is just <laughs> cool, hell? though. It's it's something you can do. That's insane. No, she just hotel. throws herself at you too. You know wow. what? That's, if if not, not Shenmue, Jesus. give me Hotel Dusk HD it up. Um, add in like some some new content or some crap like that. That'd be awesome. Did you guys ever play Nintendogs? Yes, yes. I did. Okay, did you like it? It, it, was, it was fine cool. for the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a lot of nostalgia because that was like the game I played on my DS, on my pink little DS. So, but like, t- tell me what to bring in so many casuals. It'd be so great. God, you spelled Shenmue wrong. <laughs> so if I if I lose this, it's because it's, <laughs> it's not Shamu. There's an E at the end, ma'am. <laughs> How is Nintendogs yeah. winning? Do you people not have taste? <laughs> Where's Pentiment? How's Pentiment doing? It's called knowing your audience. I know these guys want Nintendogs. Pentiment. See, I always felt Nintendogs was better suited for Nintendo's mobile market. You know what? I think iOS or Android device. Yeah, that would do great mobile. That'd be a great one. Well, it looks like if you like murder mystery games, Pentiment is a game for you. If you, know you like murder mystery games, Shenmue is a game for you. You have to find out what ha- who killed your father, Lon D. If you like or, why, why, why Lon D killed your father, you're technically Nintendogs right. is not for you. However, however, unlike Shenmue, Pentiment does have an ending. Shenmue has an ending for the first two games. That's very satisfying. It just makes you want to know more about the world and the story. Yeah, then Shenmue 3 came out. 
God, we don't talk about Shenmue 3. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Like I said, join us in about 15 or so minutes for the Patreon exclusive after show where Nate is going to give us a morsel because I have not forgot about that. $5 and up tier gets you access to that and so much more. So much more. Wait, you spelled Um, Pentiment wrong, too? Yeah, she did. It's it's fine. I'm sorry. I don't know these games. (laughs) Shout out to you guys. We we had over 300 viewers. Once again, we were the number one viewed Nintendo podcast, even with mistakes. And I'm in college. I still have to learn. Shenmue. The story about a cow whose father was murdered. Um, oh, we'll be back. Almost, hold on. We are almost to 4,000 hours of watch time with this next podcast. We should be around there. So just thank you guys for watching the videos and stuff. It's uh, it's really cool. And Josie's going to work on the other platform stuff for you guys. She's also doing clips on here. So if you missed part of the show and you don't feel like listening to it for an hour, there will be clips up on the YouTube channel. I'm RGT85, joined as always by Josie Woe. Nate the Hate. Go check out Nate's video from today. Check out Josie's video from today. Check out my video from today. And like I said, for all of our Patreon members, we will be live in about 15 minutes to hang out with you guys for a while and answer some questions and you get an exclusive nugget. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for the win.